1: It's uh, Roxanne Durhodge of Authentic Living with Roxanne. Today, I have a colleague, Linda Fisk. Linda brings um, a space that I think is quite fascinating um, just in leadership, but more so um, to female leaders. And she's the CEO of a company called Her Leadership. Lead Her Ship. And I have to always enunciate the Her because I love that because it kind of encapsulates that, that power in the middle when I say the word. Uh, Linda is a keynote speaker. She's an author, university professor, and she talks a lot about resilience and um, also grit and partnerships. So Linda, thanks so much for coming on today uh, to spend time with us.
0: Roxanne, what a pleasure and what a privilege to be able to be a part of your podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me to have a chat about some of the subjects and topics I'm most passionate about. Thank you.
1: Let's jump right into um, what got you to the path where you created, I'm going to say it's, it feels like a bit of an oasis like you've created for women. Uh, what get, got you to the point where you decided that uh, focusing on women and leadership was something that was kind of, I'm going to say your sweet spot uh, in your business?
0: You know, I have had a really fortunate career where I've been able to rise through the ranks in uh, largely male-dominated industries um, without feeling necessarily a lot of the, um, a lot of the kinds of situations that women often find themselves in, where they are demeaned or belittled or they're diminished in some way. But I will say that through my career, that was such a common theme among my coworkers, my peers, my friends who were women who felt as though they didn't have a voice. They didn't have the kind of recognition that they were looking for. They didn't have the level of respect that they wanted. So what I decided to do was create a community that's private, that's confidential, but that is based on the idea of creating a a entire global network of support for women. This is an opportunity for women to advance their purpose, to be able to step into their power and know that they have relationships that are built around the world based on this idea of trust and support. And I think that's such a unique opportunity in life right now to be able to find a global network of extraordinary women in leadership, incredible pioneers, trailblazers, innovators who are all they're in the community to lift each other up, to support each other and to advance whatever definition of success each and every woman has for their life. And that's really the culture and that's really the community that we've been able to create. And I feel like it has been absolutely transformational for a lot of the women that have been a part of
1: leadership World. So you said your path was a bit different. So I'm curious when you said, you know. I'd... I myself, I started in uh, uh, as an executive in my mid twenties, and um, like you, I didn't see some of the blocks, and definitely what they were there. So, what was what kind of environment were you in that you? Is it that they were there, but you didn't perceive it as a block, or is it like you're like you said, a lot of the women that you come in contact with will talk um, a lot about you know, I, I, for instance, a, an example would be. Um, I remember when I joined a team and I was quite young and unfortunately some of the female leaders, um, they weren't as welcoming as I thought (laughs) they should be. Um, So that's an example of something I experienced. And now I look back and I go, Oh my goodness, that was a lack of sponsorship, lack of uh, being an ally at that time, not having quote unquote, the terms that have come about since. So what are some of the things that the women that come to, um, your organization? What do do they talk about with some of the experiences that they've had in corporate?
0: Yeah, I would say that, you know, I believe that over the last 10, 20 years, there has been sort of a, a greater level of recognition of some of the blocks that you're talking about that women often face. And in my own career, I would say that, you know, I had a sort of a level of mental toughness that allowed me to um, overcome and transcend a lot of the uh, microaggressions that I think we all have felt in our career at some point. And I would say in every area of growth, from your education to your career, to even athletic training, it's your level of mental toughness and determination that predicts your level of achievement. And for me, this idea of, really having this mental toughness, this grit is um, for me in my career was a pretty reliable and accurate indicator of my future success, maybe more so than any other determinant. And having that level of grit is important because it becomes a driver of achievement and success well beyond what skill Mm -hmm. and knowledge provide. And if you're dedicated to achieving a long-term goal as I was, and you were steadfast in your pursuit, undeterred by the sacrifices required and some of the microaggressions that you're largely going to experience in your career, that kind of mental toughness and grit can really help propel you down the road to the level of success you're looking for. But over and over again, as I speak to women all through many different industries, many different levels of success, they all talk about the need to really persevere. So they all have phenomenal talent and abilities and expertise to achieve greatness, but without that level of determination, that level of resilience and perseverance, you know, success can be elusive. And I was lucky in that I had that level of mental toughness to be able to stick in and, and be tenacious, be persistent. And I think that's really necessary for a lot of women feel drained, they feel dismissed, they feel demeaned, and they just begin to say, wow, is this the right environment for me? Is this the right culture for me? Should I be doing something else? And I think the good news is that we have options now. We don't have to stay in a culture or an environment Mm -hmm. that is not uh, conducive to being able to achieve our level of greatness and to be able to achieve our level of success to be able to step into our purpose, but when I was coming up the ranks, there weren't as many options to kind of step out of the corporate environment and develop something unique to myself. So I would say that over the last ten to twenty years, we as women are actually in a really fortunate position of being able to
1: have options. And I completely agree. You know, I think of uh, you know we talk about work-life balance, and I remember um, at that time when uh, so I'm talking my son's twenty now. And I remember juggling and traveling and all those things. And even to get some basic kind of sometimes allowances at times, you know, you, I, I, well, I'm going straight to a meeting. I'm not going to come back to the office. You know, that t- those were negotiations that were hot and heavy back, you know, in, in goodness, 1999. And I, and now I look at it, and I, I look at what's happened in the pandemic and I'm thinking, hallelujah, there's something positive that's come because now women can kind of say, you know, i not women, but also men, that I can demonstrate my capacity in so many other ways other than it being FaceTime. That was the term. The term was FaceTime in corporate. And it, it, the FaceTime had nothing to do with my functionality or my productivity, but it was a control kind of issue, which is so empowering now to see that companies are recognizing, you know, your human capital is your human capital. If you're going to get performance out of someone, um, they're going to perform. And if if you're having issues with performance, in fact, that's gonna show out whether that person is down the hall with you or they're in their home office. So I think that's the positive thing that I've seen. And I think with a lot of women, of course, too, now they're not delaying potential things that maybe they think, oh, if I, you know, if I were to you know, say, start a family, there's gonna be a, a bit of a pause. I have to hit pause kind of, whereas I remember in my time, that was something at my level, I was one of the first executives to get pregnant at that level. And then after that, you could kind of see that it was a bit of a cascade um, and even through our EAs and stuff like that, which was, which was nice to see.
0: Yeah, and I would say, you know, women now have the opportunity, I think, to uh, pursue entrepreneurialism. They have an opportunity to create their own business, to become a coach or a consultant, um, or to raise a family, or to find other ways of providing value and find other ways of being productive other than taking a corporate position. And it's okay if you decide to go the corporate route, but I think it's important to develop your own set of values that you use during your journey to achieve your goals. So for instance, a value you may set for yourself is resiliency. We talked a little bit about that. And if you embrace the idea that setbacks pitfalls, adversity, are simply part of the journey of growth, then you can actually maintain those efforts, cultivating almost a sense of resiliency. And so adopting resiliency as a value allows you to get up, course correct, push forward, and developing those kinds of characteristics that you need to reach success. Um, And basing it on your own values, I think that is a key component to being able to create your own purpose in the world, being able to create your own definition of success. Um, But by developing the characteristics that you need to reach success, like self-control, resilience, determination, I honestly think you can overcome almost any challenge that you may face in a corporate environment or maybe an entrepreneurial venture. But this whole idea is around this concept of grit and persistence. It's able to really, I think predict, you know, how you're going to go to market, how you're going to orchestrate your definition of success, how you are going to impact others, what your leadership style is going to look like. And I think the key is not to let the challenges in life or the setbacks in life define who you are or define the value that you're going to offer the world. I think it's more of an opportunity for you to see this as a as a path where you have choice now to maybe learn in a corporate environment and then develop your own company and then maybe create your own philanthropy. Maybe you develop a nonprofit. Maybe you create a partnership. Maybe you take time out to be a mom. But whatever that is, whatever that definition is, I think it's going to be based on your own set of values.
1: Yeah, like, uh, you know, with uh, Bill George, he talks a lot with the true north, right? So that's, that's that inner compass, because, you know, through my years, um, I kind of climbed in the ranks, I saw so many women put things on hold. And, you know, and and then you think, uh, you know, I hope those choices aren't based on a goal, Based on an external factor to yourself, because 10, say 10, 15, 20 years down the road, are you going to be okay with this? Versus someone that thinks, um, you know, it's like for instance, I'm a keynote speaker, but when my son was younger, I didn't want to be gone all the time. So I wanted to keynote, but that wasn't the core core of my business because I thought I love it, I love being on a stage, I love. Um, but to be away from home more than at home at a time that was very, very valuable, would, I, would have been, I would have been in the state most of the times trying to kind of cope in between. So I adjusted my business accordingly to be able to do that. So that I, I did more training, coaching that I could do um, from my home office versus kind of being on, on a plane and a train. And sometimes I think you're so right. You know, the perception is I have a goal but then if you don't kind of couch that in one of my core fundamental or top three values, where does it get me? I might get there. And I'm thinking, I, I, this is success by whose definition if it doesn't fit into your world. So I love that context because I talk a lot about that with leaders in my book. I talk a lot about, you know, what's your story? Like, why are you doing what you're doing, right? And if it's, if it's based on somebody else's value, that your meaning and purpose is going to be short-lived. But if it's based on why you're doing it, then, you know, you have that frame. So I think I love that. So grit, that's something, you know, we kind of think of that as, you know, down and dirty. But I love the the concept because really, if you think about life, you know, do we have small challenges often, <laughs> but there are so many things in life that are huge, right, that can really kind of catapult you um, or kind of take you off your feet. Separations, divorces, Um, illnesses, um, you know, children that are needing you through a certain time, um, mergers, acquisitions, (laughs) starting a business, doing a launch, it's not gone so well, refiguring. There's so many things that are coming at you, but that concept of grit, let's talk a little bit about, I often say that you need a team, right? That's how I look at it, right? I need people that support me that, you know, because I know where I need to go. And I learned this quite young um, about going to certain people for certain things. What are some of the things that um, at leadership that you do uh, to kind of create that space for women? Because I'm, I'm curious about that myself.
0: Yeah, I would say a couple things. One, in Leadership Global, we create a really dynamic global network of women in leadership doing phenomenal things to impact world. These are women who are pioneers and trailblazers and innovators and creators. But the one common denominator that they all have is that they are dedicated to helping ensure that they are lifting up women, that they are championing women, that they are giving just as much as they're receiving. It creates this incredibly beautiful ecosystem of women that are pouring into each other that are providing the kind of insight and expertise and experience. They're providing resources and tools and they're providing learning and expertise and networks and introductions that literally accelerate the level of success of each and every member. And in Leadership Global, we certainly have, I think our own unique formula to drive success for our members and it's based on a five point principle Uh, Number one is that we provide, I think, an incredibly rich and diverse set of diagnostics and assessments. So if you're interested in learning more about your leadership style or your negotiation skill or your public speaking uh, persona or anything else that's important to you, you want to understand your approach to financial management. You want to understand a little bit more about your approach to diversity, equity and inclusion. We have diagnostics and assessments that help you uncover blind spots and accelerate your learning. But then once you recognize that there's something you really wanna dive into deeply, then we provide an entire resource center available chocked full of articles, workbooks, worksheets, podcasts, step-by-step video guides. There is so much rich, deep, information about anything that you could be struggling with, whether it's leadership style, developing culture, creating a dynamic team, integrating diversity, equity, inclusion, uh, whether it's financial management, how to think about growing and scaling a thriving business and where you need to add that investment. No matter what your question is, we have resources that are available to you. And then importantly, there are small group, intimate leadership boards. There are trust forums. There are RISE boot camps. These are small, intimate groups of women that come together for learning, for support, for being able to work with each other and collaborate and overcome obstacles and solve problems together in a very intimate uh, relationship, both professional as well as personal. And then we also provide huge learning events. We bring in thought leaders from all over the world to come speak to the leaders of Lead Hership Global. And those leaders, those business experts, those coaches, those um, incredibly sought-after speakers, come and teach and train and coach in a um, hands-on workshop for all of our members in a way that allows them to really dive deep into anything that they might need to sharpen their skill level on. And then importantly, we provide very private, confidential one-on-one connections too. So between two separate members, we may have a member who has an area of expertise in financial management, helping businesses grow and scale. We may have another member that's thinking about investment of her resources and capital as she begins to scale her company. Well, bringing those two together helps both of them learn, grow, and advance their individual levels of success. So we create a lot of opportunities for women to work together and to be coached and to be advised with experts and advisors within Leadership Global. And we think that that is an incredible formula for success too, seeing two women come together to exchange their individual gifts and talents and areas of expertise.
1: Mentorship is very key, right? Like, you know, I also see a lie allyship, and I may be saying that word wrong having an ally along the way, depending on whether you're in corporate, but even as an entrepreneur uh, like myself. And, you know, sometimes you're like, I'm at the spot and I'm not really sure. Right. And then you think, okay, who can help me get, you know, who can help me answer that question or who's ahead of me really to some degree, because you're, you're thinking, and then you, you meet other women along the way and they're just starting off or, you know, maybe they haven't built their brand or they haven't figured out their positioning statement, all those things. And you think, Oh, I can, I can have a chat with you about that because I've been there, been there, done that kind of thing. So I could see how it would be a nice space Um, where you could kind of find, I would say it's also synergies, right? Um, Would be equally as good. So let's talk a little bit about partnerships because I think that's important. Obviously, you know, in the corporate world, we're looking at mentors, uh, you know, aligning with people that can help you along the way, those types of things. But uh, as an entrepreneur, Sometimes you're looking for synergies potentially of how, you know, what kind of business you're getting into, whether it's um, in my case, it's, you know, training, but also keynote speaking and coaching. So sometimes it might be to say, OK, well, I'm at this level. I'm, I'm realizing my business is about to, to take another step, but I don't have, you know, the infrastructure behind the house to to take on this next step. And then I'm looking for somebody in that world. So let's talk a little bit about how. And I know this is something that you um, deal a lot with, and you're an expert in. How do you kind of decide who to partner with?
0: Yeah, and Roxanne, what a great great topic to bring to your audience. I think there is incredible power partnership that's based on mutual respect and that mutual respect is actually formed by extending trust so i think once you begin to cultivate a fundamental awareness of some of the key relationships in your life you begin to see every single relationship as a possible partner, a possible connection that can help you learn and grow and advance your definition of success so Imagine, just consider the possibilities of adopting this approach to problem solving, this pioneering approach to cooperation, to collaboration. It literally redesigns the relationships in your life because you start seeing everyone as a possible partner in your journey to grow and to develop. And it really is based on this whole idea of having a growth mindset, having it, the humility to recognize that we may not always have all the answers. So true power is in this idea of partnership where it's more than just collaboration. It's about moving into a relationship that involves co creation, that provides shared risks and responsibilities. There's this level of interdependency and almost like organizational transformation that can happen when you begin to reach out to others as possible partners by extending trust and basing that relationship on mutual respect. So my feeling is that partnership is all about identifying a shared value, right? So it's all about understanding how both divisions, departments, people, how those two entities will provide shared value and then leveraging the combined strengths of each partner in order to achieve a level of impact that neither party could have achieved independently. It takes the collaboration, the cooperation of these two entities coming together to really be able to achieve that level of success, that multiplier effect that really allows both of them to blossom and to thrive beyond anything that they could
1: achieve on their own. I I think that's fantastic. But I'm going to play devil's advocate for a sec. If you've kind of been, and most of us, I know I've made, unfortunately, uh, several poor decisions in my business sometimes because your perception potentially is off and maybe you extend, you you know, you open up and you trust and you align and then you realize that, maybe the synergies that you thought were there as you get deeper in you realize oh no (laughs) I've already made this decision you know there's I can't really back up it now and so I think learning from you know others how do you kind of work with people that have let's say had situations like that that have been less than ideal how do you kind of help them to understand potentially what what may have happened in that element, and what kind right. of things they could do a bit differently, right? Because, you know, I also say it's equal responsibility. It's not about the other person's as equally as much mine and where I was at as well. But uh, I'm just curious, what steps you would tell someone? Because I'm they sure people coming in, right. you know, yeah,
0: a hundred percent. You have to do your homework before you step into a partnership. Now, especially if this is a, a contractual partnership, if this is a long term agreement that you're creating with another entity, then absolutely you have to do your homework. And my recommendation is that you check into their core values. You know, we talked about values earlier in the podcast, and I think you have to really understand the ideas of equity and respect, both from your vantage point, as well as from the vantage point of your proposed partner. You have to acknowledge the value that each entity brings to the partnership and the power of the partnership is going to be built on harnessing each partner's key strengths. So one, you have to know what that partner is willing to, to provide into that partnership. And if you are partnering with someone because you think they have a core competency in sales and they can bring a sales engine into the partnership that you really need and yet they say, well, that's not really, what I'm willing to give to this partnership, then there's a breakthrough. So two things. One, I think you have to absolutely understand and acknowledge the value that each entity brings to the partnership and make sure there's a willingness to bring those those gifts, those talents, those competencies to the partnership. But then you also have to check in in their genuine commitment to the partnership, right? So you have to come to the partnership with good faith And keep the focus on creating a partnership with this shared vision and a shared definition of success where it's clear what each partner will bring to that uh, shared relationship. The next quality that I think is really important before you step forward, before you sign an agreement, before you enter into a contract is the level of transparency that you're going to build into that partnership. You have to commit openly sharing information, maintaining clear lines of communication and having really honest discussions around difficult issues. And if you feel like your partner, your proposed partner is not willing to be fully transparent, maintaining clear lines of communication, openly sharing information and having conversations about the difficult issues, then I would say don't move forward. And the last thing I would say is if you have come to a place where you say, yes, there is definitely a level of equity and respect, there's a genuine commitment to the partnership and we each understand what we're bringing uniquely, and we are committed to transparency that's built into our agreement that there will be clear and open lines of communication, then two things that I would say is within the partnership, be patient. You have to be patient create space for partners to break through rather than breaking down, especially during difficult times. Listen, no partnership is going to be free from bumps in the road, but you have to be patient and you have to be persistent and you have to allow there to be an openness and recognition of any missteps or any mistakes that may be made along the way so that in partnership, you can break through and move through that obstacle to the other side. And the last thing I would say is just keep in mind that trust and familiarity are two cornerstones to any partnership that's built up only over time. So again, you can't give up on the partnership during the first crisis. You have to recognize that trust and familiarity are built up over time. through a thousand small acts every single day where you're reaffirming to your partner, I trust you, I want you to know what my priorities are, how I'm solving problems, how I'm moving our partnership forward over time. And through a thousand small acts, you begin to really form that level of familiarity
1: and trust that's needed for a long-term successful partnership. I love that because, you know, it's, it's so true, right? <laughs> it's again, uh, what I talk about the centering that you have to do, right, really to go inside and really... Reflect and think, you know, why is it, you know, why is it that I started my business to begin with? And if you are wanting to really extend that net because you're realizing you're growing too quickly and and you're going to get, you know, kind of swallowed up and you're trying to make that decision and maybe you're being reactive in that you know you have to do it quickly. But what I hear clearly is that just slow down, right? Slow down, you know, look around, take it each step quite slowly and then reassess as you go. Um, but the, the ultimate trust, to your point, it's not going to be um, developed overnight. And yeah, first, both, co- I guess, partnerships, each person has to find their grounding as well to, to get to understand each other and how, what it takes to work collaboratively. And then with time, like you, you'll you find that kind of flow. That's
0: now, right. And I also think that you, before you enter into a partnership, and I believe there's opportunities for partnerships everywhere, but if you determine um, that, yes, we are going to be able to have this kind of multiplier effect by partnering together, then you do have to be very clear about what the key issues are that the partnership is going to tackle and determine if partnership is the right choice. There are a lot of ways of creating connection with entities or people or corporations or businesses where it's not a contractual partnership. So you need to identify what the partnership needs to be successful. And then you need to be clear about
1: the issues that that partnership is designed to tackle. Amazing stuff. I just want to ask you one last question. I know we're almost at time in this time. What challenges or opportunities do you see for women right now? What are you seeing out there? Uh, You talked about a lot about the opportunities that women can kind of write their ticket. They can start a business. Any, any other challenges that you see that we kind of need to keep our eyes on? Or what, what are some of the things that we should be excited about in women in leadership at this point?
0: You know, I do think that women now have more choice than perhaps they ever have, which is amazing. There are more women in entrepreneurial ventures now than ever before. And that's something to be celebrated. But at the same time, I would also note that through 2020 and even 2021, we have seen more women exiting the workforce than ever before. And this is often due to the fact that they feel unprecedented pressure to be able to homeschool their children, raise their children, manage a household. And the pressures of being able to do that because daycares have closed, schools have closed, there's now this this. Um, need to do hybrid schools or full-time at-home school. So women don't have a choice but to care for their children, raise their children, and also to manage a household. And oftentimes that means that they have to step back from a high-powered corporate position. They have to make the hard choice to leave a hard-won position of leadership, right? Right. And in doing so, what we're seeing is unprecedented numbers of women leaving leadership roles in corporate America, in business, and being, in some ways, uh, through no fault of their own, feeling the pressure of having to build something on their own, having to be an entrepreneur, having to do some sort of career pivot and become a coach, become a consultant become an entrepreneur, build their own business, create their own pathway. And while I celebrate that, that women have the opportunity to do that, I also worry about corporate America losing so many brilliant women in positions of leadership simply because the workplace was unable to be flexible, unable to be nimble and agile and flexible in accommodating the unprecedented pressure that women have found themselves in over the last few years. And so what I find is that it has certainly, I think, given birth to a new kind of conversation around what does flexibility in the workplace look like and how can we be more accommodating of women that are juggling more than I can even imagine raising children, especially if children have special needs, if they are not school age yet, these are really small kids or they're They're just beginning their school uh, career and they're, you know, they're in preschool or kindergarten or grade school. And that really requires the mom to be fully hands-on. This requires the mom to be 100% present. And yet they may be the sole breadwinner. They may be the only breadwinner for the family. So what does that mean for us to be able to support women, to lift them up? to be able to give them the kind of opportunity to provide for their family and yet raise their family. And I don't know that um, as a culture, as a nation, we've come to grips with that yet, but I will say it's raised the conversation to a level that I've not seen in my lifetime, which I think is a healthy thing and a good thing. But my concern is for all these women who have felt pressured to create a business, to become a coach, to become a consultant, to find their own way. And it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of dedication to create your own business. And so I really think that as women, we have to support each other. We have to rally around each other. We have to champion each other. We should buy from women-owned businesses. We should pay attention to gender equity, businesses, women-owned and operated businesses, and see how we can support them, how we can help them. And this has got to be not just a single woman's effort to find her way, but it's going to be a community effort where we lift women up and we support them and we give them the connections, the resources, the tools, and the funding that they need to create the level of success that they need to provide for their families, provide for themselves, And to live in the purpose that they have
1: in their own lives. So very important. Uh, You know, 11 years ago, I got a severance package and I separated within within six months of the same and I was starting my business like I, you know, and I I really I echo what you're saying there. You um, you so need support and that I love the concept of partnerships, because at that point, that was not something that was available to me that it may have helped me well along. And I've often been told, you know, maybe you should have waited till you <laughs> you had those legs for your business. And I think, you know, um, it's it's it's. Pretty interesting when you learn what you're made out of when you're doing that you know separating raising a child and starting a business it, it takes you're right it takes every morsel of energy and some to be able to do that um, to be able to do take those steps along the way so I I love the concept of being there for each other um, really uh, us as women uh, looking for uh, opportunities to uh, mentor or be mentees to others. Um, to help with parity, whether in whatever realm, I think that's so very key. Because you know, in 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 my you know times in corporate, it got better, but it was it was tough at the beginning. Um, and I I think it's it's getting a lot better, uh, you know, from what I'm hearing out there. But there's still really a lot more um, room for for growth for sure. So, Linda, this has been amazing. Thanks so much. Where can people reach out to you? Um, you know, to learn about uh, leadership and um, if they're wanting to just chat with you or, uh, you know, talk to you about uh, any parts of your business.
0: I love that, Roxanne. Thank you so much for um, offering that. If anyone in your audience would like to connect with me, you are welcome to reach out to me on LinkedIn, on Facebook, Twitter, even Instagram. But I will say that my Probably my most responsive is through LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit, and you can reach out to me through Lead Hership Global on LinkedIn or my personal page, Linda Fisk. And of course, you're welcome to go to our website, LeadHershipGlobal.com, and reach out to me there. There are a lot of different ways to connect with the team at Leadership Global through our website, and I invite you to do that. I promise we'll be really responsive. I would love to chat with anyone in your audience about any ways where they need support, they need connection, they need networks, they need resources, funding, anything to accelerate their level of success. That's my heart, that's my purpose, and I am really open to helping anyone
1: who's on their journey and needs a little support along the way. Well, that's amazing. So I hope anybody that's needing that support reaches out. And again, if anyone's wanting to chat about authentic heart leadership, females out there, whether you're an entrepreneur or a leader yourself, and uh, women or men that uh, need assistance with their authentic heart leadership with their teams, please reach out to me at RoxanneBerhardrock.com.